Very cool. Hey, it's so good to be back here uh, preaching at your own house. You really miss it when you're with um, another campus, so it's really good to be here tonight. I'm going to pray before I get into the Word tonight, so why don't we close our eyes and bow our heads. Father, we thank You that You're in this place. God, we do honour You tonight. And God, just even as that as we sung, God, it's, our, it's Your breath in our lungs. And so, God, we give that back to You tonight. Lord, we incline our hearts, our ears, our minds to hear and to know Your Word. God, we thank You. And God, we pray tonight, oh Lord, this is what we pray, that, Lord, that the eyes of our hearts and the understanding of our minds would be open to what You're doing, what the Spirit of the Lord's doing. And so, God, we love You. We incline ourselves towards You. You are the King of the kings and the Lord of lords. God, we give You all the glory, honour and praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Can we put our hands together for our worship team as well? Very cool. Awesome. Hey, well, I'm just going to apologize on the onset of this. I have had a flu week. And so if I start huffing and puffing on the microphone, uh, then you can just give me a bit of grace for that. But it might surprise some of you guys tonight to know that I'm, in fact, a very, very super competitive individual. Like you've heard of Jesus flipping tables out of righteousness. I flip tables because I'm getting aggravated at the people that I'm playing with. Me and Steph have to watch when we go to play with other couples or other people. We try not to play games on the first instance or I just try to keep myself out of playing games. I'm the rule book guy. Anyone else a rule book follower in the room? I'm the person in the game who grabs the rule book. I study it through. I mull over all the words. And let me tell you, if you start to go out of alignment or out of uh, proportion to the rule book, I'm going to call you out on that. All right. I have a brother. He's somewhat of a legend, not my um, biological brother, but a spiritual brother who's been with me for most of my thing. Let me tell you a bit about him. He has the skill. He has the personality. He has the look. He has all the swag. He has the total package. But just in case he catches wind that I've said some nice things, he doesn't quite have the brain to match any of that. But friend, you need to know tonight that any time it comes to me and my brother, I get super highly competitive and my competitive nature always seems to come out. I remember one day we were at Maraitai. We were just out there at the beach. Somehow right there, right then, in that moment on the hot sand and the hot sun in front of the multitudes that were gathered at the beach that day, we somehow got into a friendly wrestling match. And now we were out there in front of everybody wrestling and you're looking at me, you're saying, Kaylin, you're such a skinny mini. What are you doing wrestling? You would lose. Friend, you got two things right tonight. I am skinny and yes, I did lose. All right. But I set an intention in my heart and in my mind. Kaylin, you're not backing down. You're not giving up until you win in this wrestling match against him. And so I decided to set my intentions. Kaylin, you're going to wrestle until you win. And so I would go, I'd see him washing the dishes. I'd look over. Now was my chance. I ran, I tackled, I wrestled, I lost. And then I saw him, he was watching TV and I said, Kaylin, now's the opportunity. You got the element of surprise on your corner. And so I saw him, I ran, I tackled, I lost. And then I said, Kaylin, now's your chance. All right. He's filling up the petrol, sneak around the car. And I did. Stealth mode was activated at that moment. I saw, I tackled, I wrestled. You get the rest. That's right. You can go ahead and give me a pity clap tonight. But let me tell you, friend, after countless hours of wrestling, after countless moments of trying to win at this wrestling match, after moments and moments of trying, at the end of the day, let me tell you, here's a celebration. He let me win. All right. That's the end of the story, and it has nothing to do with my message. I'm kidding. 
As I was remembering about this story, I was thinking about my intention. See, I was in it to win it. I was not wrestling. I was wrestling and I was not letting go until I won. And I actually started to look through Genesis and I found this story about Jacob, a man in the Bible who the Bible tells us had troubles with his brother. A man who wrestled with both man and with God and came out the other side of it even more better. See, before we jump into that scripture tonight, let me set for you some context to this, to this verse. See, what you got to know is that for 20 years, Jacob has been on the run from his past. Jacob's been running from his brother Esau, uh, who Esau was hell-bent on killing Jacob for doing him wrong and deceiving their father into giving him the blessing and the birthright which was due to Esau. Jacob's now trying in this moment to confront the issues of his past. He reaches out to his brother to seek reconciliation, and now he's battling with fear. He's battling with fear, having heard that his brother Esau is on his way to him with 400 soldiers at his side. And so we pick up the scripture in Genesis chapter 32. It's on the screen on the big Bible, or it's in your Bibles. You can go ahead and grab that out as well. It says this, that night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had set them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what's your name? Jacob, he replied. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but from this day on be Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and you've overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there on that spot. And Jacob called that place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. God bless the reading of his word tonight. See, all of us tonight can relate with this notion or this idea of battling and believing for a breakthrough. Every single one of us can identify ourselves in the story of battling. Perhaps tonight you've battled with your finances. Perhaps you've battled in an addiction. Perhaps you've battled in your marriage or for your children or in your workplace or with a health diagnosis. All of us are familiar with that tonight. And so my question for all of us tonight is, friend, what do you do in the midst of these struggles, these fears, these worries, and these uncertainties? What do you do today, friend, when the battle comes knocking at your door? What do you do tonight when Esau is just up over the hill with 400 soldiers at his side? What do you do today when the battle is at your front doorstep? In fact, the question we all need to begin to ask in, in this instance is, how do we move from a place of battling to a place of breakthrough? In fact, if you're looking for a title of taking notes tonight, I want to encourage you to write this down, Battles to Breakthroughs. Everyone say Breakthrough. No, at the heart of who we are as a movement, I love that as Elam, part of our DNA is that we're a people who expect and believe for breakthrough. And tonight I really believe that God wants to move some of us out of our struggles into a place of surrender. He wants to move some of us from a place of battling and striving to a place of breaking through. So you need to know today from, and let me precipice or preface this whole message on this one thought. See, wrapped up within the story is a beauty and a kindness a display of God's grace and his goodness that presses us into seeing more of his character and his nature displayed for all of us. See, what you got to know tonight is here is a God in the midst of Jacob's mess, in the midst of his chaos and the rise of his issues, a God who does not leave him on his own, but a God who steps right into the heat of the battle. So you got to know tonight that our God, 
our God, almighty God, he steps into the midst of our battles. He doesn't reject you. He doesn't leave you, nor does he forsake you in the midst of those problems. See, isn't this a beautiful foreshadowing for us of the coming person of Christ? See, Christ, the greatest one who steps into the chaos and the mess of our world and takes upon himself the death that you and I deserve. See, here's the truth tonight, friend. If you're going to move from a place tonight of battling to a place of breakthrough, it'll only happen when you and I, friend, get alone with God. Everyone say, get alone with God. I love this, Genesis 32, 24. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. See, understand tonight that Jacob got alone with God. I'm here to remind somebody tonight, someone needs to know here in this room, friend, there's a difference between getting alone with your own thoughts and getting alone with God. So you've got to understand tonight, when you get alone with your own thoughts, your own thoughts will lead you into a place of disillusionment where God's wanting to bring you into a place of clarity. Friend, your, your thoughts will often bring you into a place of fear where God is wanting to bring us into a place of greater faith in Him. See, your thoughts will often lead you into a place of confusion, of disillusionment, of bewilderment, but God wants to bring to your life resolution tonight. Now, I was thinking about my own journey, and if you don't know, well, I'm here to tell you, uh, friend, that most of my year throughout this year has been a year of promise to promise and pain to pain and problem to problem and brokenness to brokenness. And, you know, over this year, I've really struggled and I really have been struggling and struggling with God in some of my soul work that I've been doing. And one of the things that the Lord has been showing to me is some areas in my life of unforgiveness. And in fact, God showed me an area in my life of unforgiveness towards a person. And so I... I had struggled with this for a, for a long time and um, I got unhealthily alone with my own thoughts. In fact, so much so that one night, one morning I woke up and I remembered the dream that I had that night and I woke up happy and satisfied at the look of pain and discomfort and hurt that this person had on their face in my dream. Now, I got so unhealthily alone in my own bitter, twisted thoughts that I sought comfort from others silently, hoping that they would take upon themselves some of the hurt and sense of attitudes and feelings that I had towards the person. I complained, I whinged, I talked to other people about this person, hoping that it would somehow bring me a sense of satisfaction and freedom for my soul. Yet at every point, can I encourage you tonight, I still struggled with the battle of unforgiveness. Until one day, one day a few months ago, I set my intention, God, I'm getting alone with you. God, I'm bringing my problems to you. I'm going to seek you and wrestle with you over this battle. And so I did. And let me tell you today, what felt like a lifetime of unforgiveness, God changed, God healed, and God delivered me out of within two minutes of me getting alone with him and wrestling. See, God showed me, actually, Kayleen, you don't hate this person. You deeply love this person so much so that you believe in them so much that the, the effects and the, and the things which they're doing are bringing that on your life. God began to wake me up at 3 a.m. on a Sunday morning to pray uh, for those people, and he started to change my heart. He gave me clarity. He gave me wisdom. He took me, friend, from a place of defeat to a place of victory. He took me from a place of battling to a place of breakthrough. But it all started, friend, when I got alone with God. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to know tonight. A thousand words from others may leave you in the same situation, but one word and one moment with God will change everything in your life. See, now I'm not saying don't seek out godly counsel. I'm not saying don't press into the godly appointed communities which are in your life because those things are good in God. But what I'm asking you tonight and what I'm petitioning for us to do is could we first go to God? Could we first spend time in prayer over our issues then to first, then to even think about publicizing them to others? 
Could we first spend time in worship over the issues of our life before we even begin to work ourselves up in a panic and a frenzy over and about them? Could we first tonight seek God for the breakthrough in our battle before we even entertain the thoughts and feelings of defeat? See, Jesus encourages us in this. It says this in Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I really believe tonight there's people in this room, God's calling you to re-strategize, to rethink, and to reprioritize your alone time with him. See, somebody needs to know tonight, every single one of us in this room, friend, your breakthrough isn't gonna come based on your doing. Friend, it'll only be defined by your being. How's your being with God? See, get alone with God and seek him in the private places of prayer, and then you'll move from a place of battling to a place of breakthrough. I love this, Genesis 32, 26. Then the man said, let me go for it as daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now, I pray that we'd have the attitude like Jacob tonight, the attitude of Jacob to make the decision that regardless of the outcome, that regardless of the battles which we're facing, regardless of the time or the hour and the, and the moments that we pray, regardless of the diagnosis that comes up on our door, that we would, friend, not leave, but cleave and believe. I'm not going to say that again because that preached better than you responded. Friend, I pray tonight that we would be a people with a steadfast faith that would not leave but cleave and believe. See, I want to encourage someone in the room when doubt begins to creep up in, in, in your life, friends, don't leave tonight but cleave and believe. When worry comes knocking at your door and uncertainty is creeping up on you, friend, don't leave but cleave and believe. When fear encrouches and surrounds your household, friend, don't leave, but cleave and believe. When you're feeling all these thoughts and lies of the enemy, friend, I want to encourage you tonight, don't leave, but cleave and believe. Oh, so good. So you better believe today that you will only begin to move from a place of battle to a place of breakthrough when you intentionally tonight choose to get alone with God. See, what, here's what happens when you begin to move from a place of battle to, to breakthrough and when you choose to, today to get alone with God. Friend, you begin to acknowledge your weaknesses. Everyone say, acknowledge your weaknesses. Genesis 32, 27 says this. The man asked him, what's your name? Jacob, he answered. You know what I've learned in my journey of faith is oftentimes I'll get alone with God because I have an awareness of the issues and the problems in my life. Whereas other times and oftentimes I don't even know I have a problem until it is, I get to, until it is that I get alone with God. And here's me thinking, and here's me as I read through the scripture, God, if this is truly you, if you're the one who sees all, if you're the one who knows all, if you're the one who hears all, then why are you out here asking Jacob, Jacob, what's your name? See, here's Jacob out here seeking help from God, seeking comfort from him and an answer from him and seeking out his favor. And God's out here asking, what is your name? See, here's what God is truly saying. He's saying, Jacob, would you acknowledge your true weakness? Jacob, would you acknowledge the reason that you're caught up in this situation in this mess? See, what you got to know today is that Jacob's name is actually translated and means deceiver or supplanter, which basically means somebody who goes in the place falsely of another. Now, if you know the context of Jacob's story tonight, friends, you know that his life was all wrapped up in all types of deception. He had been deceived by his, uh, he had deceived his father into receiving the birthright of his brother by supplanting himself in the place of his brother. He was deceived by his uncle Laban. He was deceived into working. He was deceived into marrying the wrong person. His life was wrapped up in all types of deception. And now he's out here deceived into thinking that these 400 soldiers are coming to destroy him. Now, if you've ever played hide and seek, we all know this. Children suck at hide and seek. 
Now, if you're a generous adult, you know that they're going to jump in the same place that you literally hid two seconds ago. They're going to jump on those freshly pressed sheets and throw the, throw the blanket over themselves. But as a parent, as any good adult knows, you're going to walk past, blatantly ignore them, and still ask where they are, even though you can see them in that spot. See, I really believe that God is doing this here in the Scripture. Here's God saying, what's your name? What's your issue? Jacob, could we maybe acknowledge that big problem that's right there in your life? Jacob, you don't need to hide or scour or shy away from me. I'm your father. I can already see the problem hidden there in the most obvious place. Would you, Jacob, see and acknowledge it? In other words, God is saying, Jacob, I can see it. Would you acknowledge it? See, so he's saying, Jacob, your real problem tonight is that your life is not is all wrapped up in, so, in all sorts of deception. So let's deal with that first. Genesis 32, verse 28, I love this. Then the man said, your name will now no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and you've overcome. You know, it's in this moment of history, it's in this story and throughout history that in Jacob, a nation is born. That in Jacob, Israel is identified and is acknowledged in this moment. He goes from Jacob, the deceiver, to Israel, which means one who strives with God. Another one, in other words, one who struggles with or wrestles with God. See, here's what God's saying to Jacob in this moment. The thing which is going to set my people apart, the thing which is going to characterize my people of Israel, the thing that my people are going to be known by and the thing that's going to bring you out of this struggle, trouble is not you striving in your own effort, your own strength and your own ability, but you're only going to strive, thrive only when you strive with me, when you wrestle with me. See, the truth is this tonight, friend. Your truth, the, your breakthrough isn't going to come by way of self-effort, by self-achievement, or based on your works. Your breakthrough will only come because you wrestled with God. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, I love this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, would you boast all the more gladly about your weaknesses, so that my power, Christ's power, may rest upon you? Friend, let's begin to acknowledge our weaknesses before God. See, we'll only find strength when we acknowledge that before the Lord. Here's the final point if the joint band could join me tonight. Preach really fast again. I always do this. I get too excited. You guys are like smiling and cheering me. There it is. I'm going to invite the band up. Friend, here's the truth tonight. If you're going to move from a place of battle to breakthrough, and if you're going to acknowledge your weaknesses, then friend, you better expect tonight to leave with a limp. See, Jacob gets alone with God. He wrestles. Jacob acknowledges his weaknesses and he receives God's grace. And then Jacob leaves this encounter with a limp. Genesis 32 verse 30 to 31 says this. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Now, if you're a Bible scholar, or if you read through your Bibles and your daily devotion, you'll read this story and you'll think that Jacob's going into this encounter and he'd leave with 10 times the strength of an army. You'll think that as Jacob approaches God and he gets in the presence of God, you'd expect that he'd leave out of that place with a strategy and with a plan. You'd expect tonight that as Jacob left from this encounter with God, that God would have commanded an army of angels to aid him in this battle. But he leaves with a limp. Now, I wonder tonight if this limp was indicative or if it was about dependency. Like, Jacob, you're about to walk back into this battle. Jacob, you're about to walk back into this situation. In fact, Jacob, I'm going to make a nation out of you. 
But again, you need to know that it's not going to be based on your strength, but it's going to be based on your surrender. It's not going to be based on your effort or your striving, but it's going to be based on my grace. You know, there's this incredible evangelist that I hugely admire. Um, he moves powerfully in the things of the Spirit and healings and miracles. And he's seen close to, I think, a million salvations. Uh, and I used to watch on with admiration at the way that this guy would minister. And I'd see God use him in these incredible ways. And I said to myself all those years ago, I said, God, what's the secret to this man's ministry? And then I noticed that this man had a limp. Now, my stupid brain and my stupid thinking, I was like, the power is in the physical limp. And now if you've ever seen me walking around and praying for people, I'm going to make a confession tonight. I catch myself out doing this, but I start to put on a bit of a limp. Like I thought that the power was in the physical limp. Now here's the truth tonight. Listen to me when I say this. There's a truth in what I said. Friend, the breakthrough is truly in your limp. No, not your walking difficulties, not in your ailments, but in your pineal, in the place where you meet with God face to face. See, Jacob wrestles with God. Jacob comes into this encounter and then he leaves every bit changed in every aspect of his walk. Let me tell you tonight, your encounters with God should change everything about your walk. Your walk of faith, your walk of hope, your walk of life, your walk of love. Friend, can I ask you tonight, do others watch on as you journey with God? And do they say, this is a man, this is a woman of God who has seen God face to face and who has been changed because they got alone in the presence of God and met with Him face to face. Elam Christian Center, can I encourage us tonight? Can we be a people who get alone with God, who acknowledge our weaknesses, our true weaknesses, and who leave from our encounters with God changed in every way in our world? See, how do we go from battles to breakthroughs? We get alone with God, we acknowledge our weaknesses, and we leave that place with a limp. Now, I really sensed as I was preparing this tonight that God wants to encounter each one of us tonight. He wants to create a moment where we say, man, let it be said of 198, my hero. Let it be said of this moment that that moment in that place was the place of Peniel, the place where I met you, Lord, face to face. Come on, why don't we take a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed? I really believe that the Lord's going to speak to some people tonight. I really got a sense of destiny and purpose just as we were in worship tonight. Some of you need to ask, God, what is it that you've designed me for? God, what do you love about me? God, what are you speaking to my heart right now? Some of you need to even bring some of the lies that you're believing about yourself and go say, God, would you replace this with your truth, with the truth of the Word of God? Come on, why don't we take that moment tonight?